Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. Be merciful to me, O God, for man would swallow me up. Fighting all day, he oppresses me. My enemies would hound me all day, for there are many who fight against me, O Most High. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you, in God. I will praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not fear. That's kind of prophetic because it's an afraid man saying, I will not fear. Sometimes we got to take an affirmative step to believe God in our fear and say, furthermore, it, it will not dictate the decisions I make. It won't dictate the way that I live my life or, or my view of you or my view of my problems. I will, I will choose not to act in fear and out of fear. Said, I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? All day they twist my words. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather together, they hide, they mark my steps. And they lie and wait for my life. Shall I escape by iniquity? Shall they escape by iniquity? In anger, cast down the peoples, O God. You number my wanderings. Put my tears into your bottle. Are they not in your book? When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. In God, I will praise his word. In God, the Lord, I will praise him. In God, I have put my trust. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Amen. I was thinking a little bit about King David. At this point, he's not King David. Um, He is, uh, he's, well, he's not sure what he is, really. I think that would be fair to say. He's not sure who he is. You don't know where he's going. It's a long way from the shepherd's uh, you know, fold. It's a long way from the Valley of Elah. And he's come a long way from the, uh, the palace and the splendor of the king. And found himself uh, in the hands of his enemies quite literally. And I just really began to think about how, you know, how I want to do better praying for some of my, my brothers and sisters in Christ and how I want to engage on a deeper level in the struggles that they raise their hands and say that they're fighting because it's real easy to close the book uh, right after the Valley of Elah and then just assume that it kind of ends there. But it doesn't end there. And for a lot of people who raise their hand and say, I'm struggling with this. Or like, I- I'm fearful over this in my life. And, the, and you know, sometimes they'll share that prayer request. A lot of times it's easy to see them come and then maybe pray in the altar for a few minutes and then close the book as if it ends there. But it doesn't end there. We need to lift one another up. We need to engage. We need to pray and, and support one another because it doesn't end there. And we find that uh, this man of God, he is in the hands of his enemy, uh, King Achish of Gath. Remember Goliath of Gath. It's a, it's a long way, and it's a weird, twisted road, but it kind of leads him uh, to being in the very hands of the king of Goliath. You know? It's frustrating sometimes whenever you feel like you know, you're at the top of the mountain, and then all of a sudden it just feels like the, you know, one day the, you know, the script gets flipped, and you find yourself discouraged and downcast and, 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 and kind of you know, being hard-pressed against the things that you used to feel like you had a handle on. Anyone ever been there? 
It's so important that when we walk out of the doors of this church that remember that the fights of our friends and brothers in Christ don't end in this altar. They go home and they face that depression and they fight through it. Because sometimes it's gone just like that, and praise God. Sometimes it's a, it's a battle that they have to win every day. And we believe God for the victory, but, but, but we, we, need to, we need to keep that in mind that, you know, the people don't just, you know, leave here and then put all their problems aside. They go back to living that kind of life. Tears in a bottle. The, the psalmist makes the comment, you know, you, you put my tears in a bottle. And, I, you know, I thought it was a super obscure, you know, comment, just kind of a, you know, and I've never done a lot of deep study into what that meant. Um, but it's not nearly as obscure as I thought because um, a lot of cultures, you know, have done this. And they've actually dug up, you know, ruins and, uh, and, and done archaeological digs and, and come up with stuff uh, pointing all the way back to the time of the Roman era, you know, the time of Christ particularly. And uh, the word is a, a lack, lacamatory. That's about right. And it's a, it's a small vial, usually made out of either terracotta or glass, depending, you know, which, which culture or where it came from. Um, but they would really have these little vials, you know, that, that you know, contain tears. You know, this is the psalmist talking way, way, way before that. But uh, later on, we learned that, that, you know, in the Roman times, this is, a, this is a thing. They would collect their own tears and a lot of times place them in the tomb of their, uh, of their lost loved one. That'd be a thing. You know, if somebody real close to you dies tragically, uh, you, you would weep and you, you, that would just be a way of kind of just, you know, burying that sorrow with them to honor them. You know, it was just a cultural thing. They were actually, during the same time period, professional criers. Professional weepers. Amen? If you know one, say amen. <laughs> amen. Amen. Professional weepers who would fill these phylacteries, these little vials full of tears, and they would, I'm not making this up, they would get paid based on how loud they would cry and whine and carry on and how, how, much, how many tears, you know, they, they, you know, how full they could get this thing. Isn't that wild? You know anybody who, who acts like they're getting paid for it? <laughs> they whine like, they, like they're getting paid for it? <laughs> oh, man. Surely not, but, uh, you know, in some cultures, uh, you know, later on, especially in the Victorian age particularly, um, they, uh, even during the Civil War, you know, there's, you know this, this was a thing. In the Victorian age, they would make these things and they would fill them with, a, uh, you know, with the tears you know, of sorrow over the you know, departed or lost or whatever it would be, you know, lots of different situations, no one right way or wrong way to do it, um, but later on they would have a stopper, you know, the that goes in there, yeah. Um, the stopper, they would put it in there, and it would be like a semi-permeable, uh, which means like it, you know, it wouldn't quite let the uh, you know the liquid out, but uh, it could breathe some. And so, it, as it would as you know, it would evaporate a little bit by a little bit. Um, you would know when you would look at the bottle um, when your period of mourning was over, when the tears had all dried up, and were no longer you, know, you couldn't see them in there anymore tears in a bottle. I really, I've, I've got a word. I'm, gonna, I'm just kind of breezing all the way through this, uh, but I, I just want to get to a word that I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me for you tonight. You know, 
worth crying over. You, you ever you ever heard somebody say, you know, to a kid probably, um, you know, who usually is whining, you know, professional whiner over over something silly, and say that's not worth crying over. Which is always followed up by the, I'll give you something to cry about. Hey, how many ever heard it? Yeah, I know. That's what's wrong with America, yeah, partially. Hey, Amen. I'll give you, I'll give you something to cry about. It's not worth crying over. That, that's not worth crying over. Come on now. It's not worth crying over. But here's the thing. Not everyone hurts or shows their hurt in the same way. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, and a host of other discouragements and uh, maladies are very real. And I, I don't know, I'm just you know, kind of out here just talking a little bit here, but I, maybe this will be a blessing to you or educate you a little bit. Um. Sometimes, you know, whenever children are dealing with, you know, fear or anxiety, which is real. It's real in adults. It's real in kids. You know, that, that happens. A lot of times what they say, like, you know, can somebody, like, in the terms that a three-year-old would use, uh, tell me that you're dealing with depression or anxiety? It's kind of hard. You, you, they, they, you, you don't really know how to communicate that. You know, it's like, well, I, I just feel like, I, you know, I, I need to... They don't, they don't have the ability, the vocabulary, um, you know, the mental capacity, to, but they, they do have the ability to feel. And so a lot of times, it'll, it'll be my, my stomach hurts. My tummy hurts. And a lot of times it's because you ate too much candy. But sometimes it's actually because they don't know how else to communicate, uh, you know, some of the things, you know, that, that are very real. Trying to explain fear and anxiety with the intelligence of vocabulary and vocabulary of a five-year-old, you know, it's kind of hard. But pain is universal and a lot of times invisible. You cannot always tell what people are going through. A lot of people, you know, you, you might not know, you know, Brother Keith, you know, real well. But the, the diabetic neuropathy that he fights in his body and the pain, you know, as you know, his feet feel like they're on fire all the time. And, you know, and he, he tries to combat that and you just keep a smile on his face. But uh, it feels, because what diabetic neuropathy does, I'm going to butcher this diagnosis, but uh, basically um, the nerves, how you know that you, know, you feel anything, you know, you know, it's all nerves. That's how you know somebody poked you because, you know, the nerve endings transmitted, you know, uh, impulse, a signal to your brain. And then you understood because of the nerves, nervous system that, you know, that something happened there. You were in touch, you know, hot, cold. And that kind of stuff. So they, those nerves have a sheath over them, uh, basically to protect them from freaking out all the time and just sending you know, random impulses. Um, and what diabetic neuropathy will do sometimes is it will, it will eat away at that sheath that covers the nerve endings. And it just, and they're going insane. The same, sometimes the same sensations that you would really feel if you stuck your hand on a hot stove is what you're experiencing, and there's nothing going on, nothing there at all to show somebody else. They say, you're fine. Not fine. It's just deeper than what you can see. Sometimes pain is deeper than what people can see, or, or, and you can't really explain it or understand it. I, you know, it's nice that we have a diagnosis for something like what Brother Keith has to deal with because now we can at least you know, do some level of treatment or, or at least understand you know, that it's real because it used to be, you know, you said, I feel like my foot's on fire. Like, yeah, well, it's not. Go back to work. You know, just stop whining about it. Like, you know, what are you talking about? But as we understand that, but we understand the diagnoses. We understand um, you know, that these are real things. How well do we do that spiritually, though? How far along the curve are we? Um, caring, 
about those things that maybe don't always make sense to us. Caring about the lost, caring about uh, you know those who are broken, those who have been through abuse and 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 trials and tribulations and and all these kind of things. David knew what it was like. He began to cry out to the Lord. A lot of times you say it's not it's not worth crying over. But here's the thing: if 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 David felt these were things were crying over, I have to tell you that you know these particular things were because it was not only worth crying over; it was worth God collecting the tears. He just he, he justified you know th- those feelings and that that pain. Like he cared. God cared enough about those things that were that were plaguing him that he was walking through to collect the tears. Here's a list of the things that God thought were worth not only crying over, but collecting the tears over. It's a long list that we could go through of all those things, but just a few things that were here right in this passage. You know, being oppressed and hounded by you know, detractors and, and people. You ever felt like someone just had it in for you? You ever felt persecuted and attacked? God said, what that is doing to you is worth me collecting the tears over because I do care about that. That's just flat truth. He did care. Being afraid, David says, I'm afraid. And this is, and remember, this is the guy who killed the giants. This is the guy who, who you know, who killed lion and, uh, and a bear. Shouldn't be afraid of anything, but fear is very difficult to control and to defeat. I remember when I was a little guy, um, I don't know why, but I would just be so overcome. Sometimes, you know, sleeping in my bed, and I'd be so overcome with just this this choking, clawing fear. And I and I remember trying to tell mom and dad about it, but you know, I couldn't really explain why I was afraid. I, you know, and so they'd say, you know, go back to bed. They were loving and caring, but you know, that's they, they they can't fix those kind of things. And so I would just stay up all night, just just with this fear, just sitting on my chest. I couldn't explain it. I couldn't get away from it. And, and it, you know. It, it was painful. It was a hard thing. And, and unfortunately, those are not always things that we grow out of. And somebody's not less of a person, less of a man, less of a woman, whenever you know, they, they deal with these kind of issues. Up and do it, you know. Now, of course, we need to, we, we, we need to you know, be responsible and step up and do it, you know. But at the same time, we also need to be sensitive to the spiritual battles and the pain that people live in and walk through. I remember, you know, I, I, would, you know, I had this, you know, Anxiety, this clawing anxiety, and I would have this little ball of lint in my pocket. And no matter what pair of pants I was wearing, I would always keep that and always like you know hold it, rub it in my fingers, and I just you know and I you know for for you know months and months, and I just had that, and then I would just you know I would always be so afraid of losing it for some reason, and who knows where this stuff comes from, but that's how I felt. And then I remember one day losing it, and I just you know I about had a, a breakdown. But those kind of things that no one else sees. You know, fear does not have to be logical. Usually it's not, right? You don't always grow out of these things, but in Christ you can fight through them and win. I'm using some of my silly examples, you know, little things maybe when I was a, a child, but I know that the Holy Ghost spoke to me to deliver this word. And so you go ahead and, uh, and take what you need from it. Because God knows what you need. God knows what truth needs to be revealed in your life. What lie needs to be rebuked. 
and what truth needs to be believed and operated out of. He knows. I used to look at a crowd who was just like staring at me and then just be so fearful that I missed the mark, but I know when the Holy Ghost speaks. And I know that somebody came here and needed to hear this word. He said, they twist my words. Being lied about and misrepresented, that, that, can, be, that, that can be something very, very difficult. Ever, anyone ever been in that situation? Everything you said, they twisted and they, you know, they, they, you know, manipulated it to make you the bad guy in the situation or whatever it might have been. physical threat. He said, they lay in wait to take my life. It was a physical threat. But here is the word that, uh, that God gave me tonight for you. It's very, very simple, but I just want you to hang on to it like a, like a drowning person if this, is, if this is for you. Don't just cry. Cry out. It's okay that you cried. God cared. God cared. He cared. He cares enough about what you're going through to completely uh, wrap my heart around this word, inescapably. He cares what you're going through. He collected those tears, but it's not enough just to cry. You need to cry out to God. Your pain is justified. Your pain is real. Your pain uh, is, is, is not, it's not a joke, and it's not just the lack of your mental weakness or emotional uh, you know, you know, lack of, of strength and ability to overcome. Your pain, you know, is, it's real, and God cares. But it's time to cry out to Him. It's time to stop wallowing in it and time to rise up. God cares when his people cry, but he acts when we cry out. Amen. He cares when we cry, but he acts when we cry out to him. When we cry out to him, our enemies turn back and are defeated according to this passage of Scripture. Isn't that great? And that doesn't mean that everything fits into place like a puzzle, right? It really doesn't. It doesn't mean that, you know, as soon as you know, we're, you know, we're going through something, you know, it's, it's tearing us apart and we're having a hard time with it. And that, you know, instead of crying, we begin to cry out to God. And then, aha, all of a sudden everything's okay. That's not always how it goes. But it does do this. It changes the narrative. It changes the, the end of the story. It changes even the purpose within the story. It changes the whole plot. Whenever you begin to cry out to God and say, God, I trust you. I believe in you. I believe that your thoughts toward me are good. I believe that you have the power to rebuke and defeat my enemies. I believe that, that you can take what the enemies are coming and trying to, to write this story and trying to make this happen. You can turn that around. And it doesn't mean that I, that I get pulled up out of the battle, but it means that now I can win. I can fight through this. I can, I can survive another day. I can get up tomorrow morning. And even whenever that begins to claw and, and that, that fear or that problem or that issue that I'm walking through begins to try to discourage me, I can know that, God, you're still writing the story. And then to, today might be a little bit of a, of a lower day. Today might be a day where I just keep fighting and I don't feel victorious. But I know that you are writing the story that ends with your glory, your glorification through my trial and my struggle and my pain, your victory and the victory of your children. I know that that is the story. I don't know which page I'm on or what chapter, but I know that I know that you are on the throne and that you are the author. 
Whenever, whenever you know the author, you know how it's going to go. And sometimes there's twists and turns. But in the end, you're going to be all right. See, it doesn't mean that everything fits into place like a puzzle. It means that the preceding events must now be ordered for the glory of God and the blessing of his child and the defeat of the enemy. He said, said, when I cry out to you, when I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is for me. Amen. The narrative changes when we cry out to God, doesn't it? God is for you. have a good conclusion you ever wonder what would happen if God just you know was done and then it was you know I didn't get to wrap it up with a pretty you know illustration it's <laughs> kind of how I feel right now I don't care I said what I needed to say I said what the Holy Ghost just came in and into that room as I began to study and pray and to think about the, the battles that were going on the Holy Ghost just just said tell him to cry out to me Tell them it's okay to cry, but you got to do more than that if you want to walk in victory. So I'll collect these tears, but it's time, for, it's time for you to cry out, expecting a change, to cry out in faith, knowing that I am with you and believing in me to bring the victory. Amen? Let's stand.